we have we have a bunch of like you can see well i don't know if you can see but we, this is just a, a bear bulb hanging above just a me. bear b- hmm. yeah just because i, I just like <laughs> have it i i like rare i really only turn this light on when we're podcasting because it's late mm-hmm. but like during the day we have windows in here that let in enough light that i don't really turn the light on but a moon would be fun um or uh uh um what am I? What am I trying to think of? What's that thing that you make in science class that's got the an exploding volcano? No, <laughs> no, <laughs> related to the moon, the uh, the solar system model. Oh, uh, yeah. Don't know why it took me so long to come up with those words. <laughs> um, that would be fun to have as a lamp, right? Planetary spheres. That would yeah. be fun. Like each would light up. Yeah, that's probably a thing. That's probably a thing. Let Lauren Lauren has the um, planets. Lauren got the moon furniture object in uh, Animal Crossing. Moon. Yeah, just the moon. Oh, not the not the the rug, just the straight up moon. Yeah, just the moon. I mean, she got the rug too. Obviously, when that was a thing that they were selling, she got one for every room in her Animal Crossing home. But then she got like <laughs> the moon moon. So she, now she has the moon on the moon rug. Nice. It's pretty cool. It's See, just like. My villager, Octavian, also has a bunch... His entire house is, like, space-themed, which Mm. is weird because the outside of his house is, like, a little Japanese pagoda-type thing. But you go inside, and he has the Saturn V just in the corner. Huh. And, like, a UFO in the middle. How does that go? I mean... Like, a satellite hovering around. It's really cool. Yeah. I wouldn't know where he gets them. I mean, a, a person can contain multitudes. You can have a pagoda house with the with the Saturn V in it. That's that's something. Maybe just really enthusiastic about the uh, the Japanese NASA. Yeah, sure. J- J- <laughs> Jess. That's I, its name. Is that really its name? Yeah. I expected it to have... J-A-X-A. Oh. Japan Aerospace oh, th- Exploration Agency. I thought you said JASA, like with an S, like NASA, but with a J. And I was like, oh, that's kind of racist. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, JAXA. JAXA. That, okay, that's pretty cool, actually. I like that. JAXA sounds like a um, like a mission in Monster Hunter. Like you'd go hunt down a JAXA and wear its skin as armor. <laughs> a wild JAXA appears. Oh, except, okay, yeah, I'm looking at it now. My one qualm is that they do that thing that I hate where their acronym has an X in it, but it's actually the X from exploration. It, I guess it would be more difficult if it was Jaya. 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 Then it just sounds like a uh, beetle from uh, Legend of Zelda. From Breath Thank of you. Jaya. <laughs> oh. Oh. Wow, Jaya! <laughs> I love they just added that guy, and now he's in like every game. Yeah, because he was in he was in uh, Wind Waker first, right? Yeah, I think so. And then he was in um, sort of all the Wind Waker offshoots, so like Spirit mm-hmm. Tracks and uh, Phantom Hourglass. I wonder if he's gotten caught up and is also being eternally reincarnated like Link and Zelda and Ganon. Ooh. I mean, like, I guess we'll find out. If he appears in the new uh, uh, 
Fuck. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah, thank you. That's the name the of sequel it. The sequel. Yeah, if, prequel. If if he appears in the prequel, then yes, the answer is yes. <laughs> like at the end of one of the other games, like they get the Triforce, but he happens to be there and touches it first and is accidentally <laughs> caught up in this whole thing. Uh, and then a future game, you have to buy the Triforce from him. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 30 billion rupees, please. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That would be that would be the like mobile uh sort of like idle clicker Zelda game, right? Yeah. What price would you put on the Triforce which can which can literally grant you any wish? Would be worth literally infinite power. That's a really Couple good of question. Rupees. Well, how much is a bomb? I don't think in a Zelda game. I don't think I don't think at any point we've seen a Hyrule that has enough economic output to purchase a Triforce. No, I don't think we have. You can only cut down so many bushes. Yeah. Everyone's living in their dinky little villages. You would need, like, a planet's worth of economy to purchase infinite power. Yeah. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of this in terms of, like, what's, what's one small thing that you can buy in Zelda and then, like, scale up from there? So, like, how much is a bomb in a Zelda game? Like, 80 rupees? Well, it changes from, like, game to game. It does change. Like, the latest one, I know you don't buy bombs, right? But, like, uh, yeah. in in Link to the Past, let's say, what's the bomb cost? Uh, 30 bombs for 100 rupees, this says? One super bomb costs 100 rupees. Oh, a super bomb costs 100 rupees. Yeah. Okay, so a super bomb can blow up what? Uh, a nine. A hundred rupees is also thirty bombs. Right. A, and okay, okay. So here, let's do this math. So, so a bomb can blow up one square of what? One tile on the map, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, cost per bomb is one hundred <laughs> divided by thirty. So that's three point three three repeating per bomb. I'm going to round down and just say three for now, just for the sake of math. Um, let's say that one tile is one meter. Mm-hmm. So What's... you're trying to calculate how big all of Hyrule is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the size of of Hyrule in, um, in Link to the Past? Do we know? Is it? The square tileage. Yeah, yeah. What's the square the square tileage here? IGN access denied. Um, hmm. This random person says that Hyrule is about four hundred and seventy-seven thousand square kilometers, about the size of Cameroon. Oh, okay. So four hundred seventy-seven thousand. Yeah, you know, let's just run with that. Thousand kilometers is four hundred seventy-seven million meters. Uh. Times 3.33 repeating. Uh, I don't know if you can tell where I'm going with this. So that would be 1 trillion 588 billion 410 million rupees to buy enough bombs to blow up the entirety of Hyrule. So if we're talking infinite power, I think the person... Similar to the spice in Dune, the person who can destroy the spice has control over the spice. Mm-hmm. 
the so person you can destroy total Hyrule. destruction of Hyrule. Yes, equals is the cost power. of one Triforce. So one point five trillion rupees, I think, is really what we're looking for there. Okay, so that's going to be a lot of grass cutting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, and that's that's what one third the value of Jeff Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> Let's convert Jeff Bezos to rupees. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's the dollar to rupee conversion? Uh, can you buy coffee in Link to the Past? Oh, that's Indian rupees. No, rupees. Oh, yeah, rupees. we have to be careful about this. Rupees is an actual currency. Zelda rupees. Um, Link to the Past items uh, store. Okay, let's look at the Kakarika Village shop. Apparently, this is a hot-button topic of discussion. I'm seeing a lot of forum posts about it. Uh, would you say that one heart is roughly equivalent to a cup of coffee? Uh, that's how I feel when I drink a cup of coffee. That's how I feel as well. So, Starbucks, let's say a medium black coffee. Uh, uh, let's see... Average prices. Uh, fresh filter coffee, grande. That's one pound seventy-five. So like two bucks in the states. So if we're doing rupees to dollars, that would be five. One dollar is five rupees. That seems, I guess, low. Does it? You're going to pay two bucks for a heart? An entire heart, though? Would you say, would you go, would you go uh, uh, higher? Would you say four dollars? I don't know. I'm no economist. Let's let's send a message to the economist and help us out with this calculation. (laughs) Dear the economist, how much would it cost to blow up the entire kingdom of Hyrule? I mean, I I think we're, we're on the right track. We're trying to convert track. coffee here. I think I think we're I think we're on the right track. <laughs> um, should we? Were you recording any of that? <laughs> I was, unfortunately. <laughs> should we make a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh now? Let's make a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh. All right. I'm Adolfo Pirelli, the king of the barbers, the barber of kings. Hey, buongiorno, good day. I blow you a kiss. And I, the so famous Pirelli, I wish I to know who has the nerve to say. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu Gi Oh! recap podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, we are talking about season three, episode nine. Nine? Nine. Uh, Mechanical Mayhem, part one. Nine I feel ep- like we've been. Tr- trapped in this digital hell for a lot longer than nine episodes that's that's why i stumbled i was like 30 something at least right no (laughs) nine (laughs) we're still fighting the big five still still in it three down two to go the big two the deuce (laughs) uh yes this this episode boy it sure does happen this uh, I'm really enjoying this translated title here. Yeah, I you know, that's my favorite part, I think. The translated title is A Man's Path of Glory. 
Honda's honorable defeat. Wow, that is much more impressive than what we get in the show. Which, I mean, okay, so like that, the title doesn't really make sense if you haven't watched the Japanese version of the show because Honda is Tristan's name originally, mm-hmm. but they changed they changed Tristan's name because in the states Honda is just the car; it's not a name. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a it's a brand. Yeah, I was Hyundai's playing, uh, honorable defeat. <laughs> I was playing Final Fantasy, and uh, one of the, the some random NPC you meet in like the fantasy. The Final Fantasy Japan equivalent is just named Subaru. Oh, it's like, that's oh, fun. Hey. I like that. Sure. <laughs> I have a Subaru. You're just like my car. <laughs> that actually reminds me, uh, if I may, I'll read a listener email before we, we dive into the episode. Someone emailed us about Subarus? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's just spam, Tyler. We don't have to read that. <laughs> oh, man. I've been replying. We've had a really nice conversation. <laughs> Your warranty has expired. Oh, thank God. This email did find me well. How are you? <laughs> uh, no, so uh, listener Dab wrote in. It's been a while since we've heard from Dab. Uh, Dab, <laughs> Dab, <laughs> you don't have to do that every time. Jimmy just dabbed on camera, which doesn't play as well in an audio medium. Uh, listener Dab wrote in with random Yampod-related thoughts. Uh, they start off the episode, or the, the email rather, with, Fuck you, watch Haikyuu, which... <laughs> I think that's going to be my new motto. <laughs> um, so a few uh, a few sort of random Yu-Gi-Oh! related thoughts. Uh, to begin, you guys should do a Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series episode. It's all on YouTube, and it's only like five minutes per episode, so you would do like five in a week. I think that could be fun. I, the, 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 I showed you the first episode. Yeah, yeah. I, the, a long time ago. The issue that I have with that is that I know Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged Series is funny, and I don't know how well our particular brand of comedy would mesh with that particular brand of comedy. Like, I wouldn't want to make fun of it. I would just want to just remake the same jokes that are in the Abridged series. See, I already do that accidentally by calling it a children's card game, which is what they mm. emphasize all the time mm-hmm. in Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. But it yeah. is a children's card game. That's... That's an actual phrase in real life. It yeah. is, in fact, a children's card game that they are playing against each other. I feel like in a lot of ways, the thing that we bring to the table is we're like the reverse of Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series. Like, we're like the... <laughs> this is a reverse abridging. Yeah, like... like the expanded... Have... This is Yu-Gi-Oh! The expanded series. Like, you have you have abridged, unabridged, and I think we're the bridged series. <laughs> This is a version that you get with all the like footnotes and yes. commentary. The appendices. <laughs> the appendices. Uh, further to that point, Dab continues in the episode, uh, in the email rather. Uh, you activated my podcast, colon, where we spend five minutes on Kaiba's dad's butler. Again, we're the bridged <laughs> series, I think. Uh, then Dab says. Yeah, but have you seen that guy? <laughs> I know. Look at him. Just look at his face. Uh, Dab continues, I like to think in the Japanese version, every time obnoxious Celtic Guardian is summoned, he says the Japanese equivalent of fuck you, thus proving his obnoxiousness. <laughs> Which, yeah, I like it. yeah, I'm into that. Um, then they say, Tyler, you had better get that Yu-Gi-Oh RPG out soon or we will riot. I want to play this so bad. Good news on that. 
Uh, I have not finished it. I haven't at all finished it, but I have finished it to <laughs> the point where I am going to post the current working version. It's it's got bones, <laughs> so this I'm gonna is... I'm gonna put up a document. It's gonna be on uh, our website. I'm gonna put a link to it in this episode's show notes. So look for that. Awesome. A Yu-Gi-Oh RPG that I've been writing called Heart of the Cards. Uh, it has basic mechanics right now it has a few character classes based on the characters from Yu-Gi-Oh, and we haven't play tested it yet but that might be a thing that we do for the podcast at some point that'd be fun we'll see how it goes send it out for beta testing yeah get all your friends involved be like hey do you want to play this role-playing game that i got off of a podcast it's about Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Yeah, if anyone <laughs> legit, if anyone there, does that's that, that's a solid pitch. That would be yeah. Let me know. Um, I I would love to hear about that. Uh, Dab continues in the email. I told you, there's a bunch of random thoughts. Uh, Dab continues. I'll ask again. Discord. Uh, because Dab had brought up bringing up a a uh, you activate on my podcast Discord channel, which I'm not opposed to per se, but that does sound like work for me. So for right now, that's a <laughs> no like for work me, for dog. Both of us. <laughs> um but maybe a subreddit or something i don't know that could be fun uh the the next part of the email says all the blood and death of the japanese version sounds good to me but Taya's name is anzu so i'm staying away from that shit and that's what reminded me of this email jimmy is we brought up honda and dab is talking about anzu which is Taya's name in the japanese mm-hmm. i like the fact that Taya's name is anzu in the japanese because anzu means peach it's so, so she's she's peach tea <laughs> That's adorable and silly. Speech tea. Yeah. Uh, Dab also says, did you know the Japanese version has full card text? I did, and it bugs me. Uh, And then they say, Yampod needs another short, bite-sized segment to make the episodes last as long as season two did. Don't get me wrong. I love you activating my podcast season three, Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. Season two, colon, enter the task dungeon as much as the next guy. But you activated my podcast season three, colon, Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. Season two, colon, enter the task dungeon. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. You have to run podcast season three, colon, Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. Season two, Under the Task Dungeon, is a bit too short of a segment. So here's my idea to make the show slightly longer. Listeners submit weird-looking cards through email, and you guys describe them. I would not be opposed to receiving weird cards via email. Uh, but again, the length is kind of an intentional thing. We're, we're a big fan of, like, doing less work during a pandemic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh but that that I take that as a compliment because that means you want to hear more of the show and I am generally in favor of that. So if you do have weird looking cards that you want to send us through the email, you can send them to us at youactivatemypodcast@gmail.com. Thank you for actually liking listening to our voices. Yeah, that's nice. Thank you Dab for writing in. Uh all right, let's talk about you don't have to dab every time, Jimmy. <laughs> you don't Do the kids dab anymore? I don't think so. I don't think, I think kids that was dab. just a that was a one and done thing, like fidget spinners. Oh yeah, fidget spinners. Huh. Uh Jimmy, before we get into the episode, you have put in the pre show notes the words a surprise. <laughs> Tyler, this is gonna be very short, but I do have a surprise for you. It's something I know you will like. You'll never guess in a million years what my roommate ordered and just arrived in the mail last week. Oh, I'm I'm scared. You should be. Okay. Jimmy is reaching over. He's bending over and picking something up. 
my word. I I want one of these so bad, and Lauren is against it, and I don't want to get anything that's going to make her kick me out of the house. Uh, Jimmy is holding a large white automaton. Uh, which is I can a, see Lauren behind you, and she looks absolutely shocked. Yeah, she literally just said, I don't know if that came up on mic. She just said, oh, God. Um, the automaton... Uh? The automaton is an electronic musical instrument uh, that's shaped like sure. a music note where the the ball part of the music note is a mouth with a little face on it. And is it you squeeze uh, you squeeze the mouth to open it and that's the volume and then no. the staff is the note? Honestly, I think the mouth opening and closing is just for show. Oh, okay. The, all the controls are... It's powered by just touching this bar up here. And it's mm-hmm. a smooth transition. It's not like a violin. It's kind of like a violin. Okay. Where it's all, it's like one string of a violin. And where you move your finger on it controls the pitch. Right. So that's you sort of, that's, smooth, that's like a slide like a whistle sort of thing going up and down yeah. the, the neck of the, the note. Wow. Uh, but I'm pretty sure the mouth doesn't actually do anything. It's just Oh, uh, that's disappointing. It's just for having a, an instrument that has a mouth on it. I, I'm... So it can make that, that lovely automaton noise that we all so very much love. I'm in favor. This is making a great waveform. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is good audio. Well, that's a lot of fun. I, I, I just thought you would like that. Yeah. I haven't learned how to play it. This is like my second time holding it. Oh, man. But I knew you would be interested in having that. I'm a, I'm a big automaton fan. I think my, my life goal is to have all these weird electronic instruments. Like, I want to get like a theremin and an automaton and a... Electric uh, kazoo? Yeah, yeah. Electric banjo. Anyway, electric triangle. Like that. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah, I electric triangle. What that looks like. But it has to be a thing, I, right? When I, played, uh, when I played violin in high school, I always wanted to have an electric violin. I thought they were cool. Oh, yeah, huh. Some of them are electric cool. Electric triangle. Yeah. The first image that comes up is Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents. I see that too, yeah. Uh, anyway, let's start talking about Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we have now gone 20 minutes. <laughs> and we have gotten to the title. Yeah, let's, let's go into Mechanical Mayhem. All right. It's time to discuss the episode. Once again, Season 3, Episode 9, Mechanical Mayhem Part 1, A Man's Path of Glory, Honda's Honorable Defeat. The summary is Tristan, Duke, and Serenity. Duel Nesbit, the Big Five's mechanical expert. Serenity's lack of experience with the game and Nesbit's powerful machine monsters create a tragic end for Tristan. Spoilers. I do want to point Tristan out. Tristan fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to point out in the official summary, they spell Nesbit differently each time. Do they? They leave what off a T the second time? time. Oh, that. Huh. Good job, caption writers. Yeah, I guess. Uh, this episode starts with 
Tristan and Duke and Serenity enjoying a virtual breeze. They are they are on on the planes of some digital realm. Digital going, Africa. Ah. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Uh, dun. <laughs> Thank Wait, you. Can I... Oh God, here we go. Can I play Africa on this? It's so hard to get like accurate sharps and flats on this thing. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> That's a failure. Kind of here. I'm not going to try that again. <laughs> Next episode, let's circle back around to this. We'll do a we'll do a callback. Uh so Serenity feels the 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 wind in her hair and I think Tristan says, "Huh, I guess the virtual world does have some good points." Which Duke replies, five creepy old guys want to steal our bodies. What good points. And he raises a that fair is, point. That is a very 2020 sentence. They are literally trapped in this fake prison. Yep. Uh, they, uh, Tristan and Duke, uh, that is to say, are still in this duel over Serenity's affections. Um, so they continue to squabble some. Uh, and Serenity says that she isn't worried about the five creepy old guys that want to steal their bodies because Tristan told her that he is a champion duelist and taught Joey everything he knows about duel monsters. <laughs> His comments are coming back to bite him in the ass. And Duke knows that that's a blatant lie, but yeah. Tristan won't let him, you know, they do the whole teenage boy thing. Duke is the one who has, like, his own game store and made his own, like, spin-off game based on Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, so he would know that this guy is talking shit. Right. He invented a, a game that has been published that you can buy. Yeah. He runs a game store. He is good at Duel Monsters. He invented, and I'll say this now because I don't know if we're going to get back to it. He invented a card that he selects in the virtual world that they are trapped in later on this very episode. Oh, does he? He he picks a dice dungeon card. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He made it canon. Good for him. Good job, Duke. Duke, Duke, I think, is the unsung unsung hero here. Uh, Meanwhile, Taya, Yugi, and Joey are in a cave for some reason. Do you remember why this happens? I don't remember why they're in a cave were they in a cave last episode or did they, in a, did they just they find in a, themselves in a cave they were in a courtroom last episode and then joey ran out the door so maybe the door led to a cave and the cave leads to another door a cave in the door in the cave and the cave in the hole and the hole in the ground and the green grass grows all around <laughs> all around and the green grass grows all around uh meanwhile uh, uh, Duke, Tristan, Serenity, who I've just abbreviated as DTS because I can't be fucking bothered. Uh, they find a similarly creepy door like we've seen in uh, previous episodes, just a, just a, a floating door. ornate wooden door. Serenity opens it and they are blinded by the light. Revved up like a deuce. Another runner in the night. 
Uh, no, there's just a lot of light and it blinds them. Uh, scary. <laughs> uh, they go through the door and they are in a mechanical... What, how would you describe this? What is this, what uh, is this space? It, it's like a generic shiny metal anime room. Uh, I think it's supposed to be like the actual... It's supposed to look like the actual like place they're in. It looks oh, like the blimp sure. But yeah. I like your note here that it looks like a level from Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight. That's all I could think of. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've, does, I've held a lightsaber in this space. Yeah, it looks like somewhere you would be holding a lightsaber and then uh, you would have a bunch of guys coming in fighting you with their kyber crystals and their cortosis yeah. armor. And you know like it's got like the the walkways above, you know, for the stormtroopers to walk along and like It's very Imperial Death Star. Yeah. No railings. No. Of course not. Just straight metal. OSHA doesn't exist in Star Wars. <laughs> it certainly or does Yu-Gi-Oh, not. apparently. Uh It should. That would stop them from having all these freaking exhaust ports that go down to the center of the reactor. Well, you know, I mean, how else is it going to exhaust? The, the, that reactor is not going to exhaust itself. <laughs> so then, they're in this. Oh, go ahead. They're in this like metal room, and they're looking around, and they're like, "The blimp isn't in here. What's this?" And it's like, "Oh my god, we're still in the game!" Dun dun <gasps> dun. And floating down from the ceiling uh, is, as they say, some kind of giant robot or something. I love that that's a direct quote. <laughs> Some kind of giant robot or something. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. He looks like a, a robot conquistador. Yes. Yeah, very Three Musketeers so, vibe. Imagine a robot wearing a silly hat, and that's basically the exact image of this character. And it's Nesbit. He introduces himself, greetings, humans. It's me, not one, a human. One day you're saving the whole galaxy, and suddenly you're sucking down Darjeeling with heaven only knows whose sister. I'm Mrs. Nesbit. <laughs> That's exact. I couldn't stop thinking about this the whole time I was watching this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a name. It's a, it's a, it's a name. Do you think they called him Nesbit because bits are like digital and they're trying to go for some pun name? I do now. Nesbit. I do think that now. <laughs> that's that's because the... <laughs> Nesbit is perhaps the most ridiculous name for one of these old men besides Crump. Yeah, I was gonna say Crump kind of takes the cake. I think. <laughs> uh, but we haven't gotten a lector yet. We haven't gotten a lector. No, but we're on Nesbit. We are on Nesbit. I I like that idea that it's it's after bits. Like he could be like he would want to rename himself Nesbite. <laughs> Nes Gigabyte. <laughs> uh he is masquerading as he reveals as a card called Robotic Knight. And he says that it is a creature that embodies the power of machine over man. Sure. All right. Um, and he's also the former head of new technology at Kaiba Corp. He is the guy who is in charge of leading the design group that made... We see actual tanks in this episode. Yeah, they're really leaning into the, like, Kaiba Corp used to be a weapons manufacturer 
angle. Mm -hmm. It's very Stark Industries, except I'm kind of surprised that we saw actual tanks. Yeah, what's the what's the name of the other guy? The the sort of anti Stark is it Hammer? Oh, Justin Hammer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's that dipshit. Did they? Who? No, they got Guy Pierce to play Justin Hammer, right? Not Army Hammer. Did they get no, Army they Hammer got, to play Justin Hammer? God, they have. Oh, what's his name? He's one of my favorite actors who played Justin Hammer. I'm completely. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Man, he was so good. I mean, Sam Rockwell's excellent in everything. Back. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm sure they will. He's hilarious. I hope so. They'll find a way to get Sam Rockwell in a, in a different role or something. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so they're really pulling that angle of like, yes, this person is dangerous. He makes tanks. <laughs> Please ignore the like, feather in his hat. It's very like 80s cartoon. It's, you know, it's like G.I. Joe kind of. He makes he makes weapons. Ah, oh, he's bad. Ghost Knowledge may be half the battle, but the other half is tanks and I have all of them. <laughs> he does talk like a robot, too. He's got like a robot filter over his voice. Yeah, he does. It's like uh, it's like he downloaded an app or something. It's like yeah. kind of there. Uh, so he challenges uh, Serenity to a duel, uh, and he says that it will prove that he- machines are going to, I don't know, defeat humanity, that machines are superior to man. But if he likes being a robot so much... Why would he want to be a human again? Why would he want this, like, teenage girl's body? See, like... Yeah! This guy could stay in the digital realm, right? Mm-hmm. Des- use all the technology at his disposal to design a new cyborg body, download his brain into that if he wants to. But, no, he think he wants to t- be this teenage girl? Yeah, that's the thing I couldn't quite figure out. Like, he he keeps going on and on through this whole episode of, like, and now I'll prove to you that machines are better than your meat sack human bodies. And it's like, well, you have a machine body right now. Why are you doing this? Yeah, not only are you digital, your digital self is also a machine. Right. You're digital twice. You are living the dream, my friend. This guy could become a billionaire by advancing robotics. Uh, to the point where like people can be cyborgs, but he wants he's going along with this plan to download himself into a teenager. Yeah, it feels really like I don't know. It feels really like incel redditor to me. Like it feels really kind of. neckbeard. Like yeah, like all this sort of talking about the superiority of machine over man is really just a cover to like make him sound intellectual. But all he wants is to touch a girl for the first time. <laughs> It doesn't matter that he's just stealing someone else's body. Right, it's right. It's his body. I mean, it's all bad. It's all creepy, Ugh. no matter which way you slice it. But, like, that's this guy's bit. and That's that's this guy's nice hey. bit, if you will. <laughs> anyway, he's, he challenges Serenity to a duel, and Tristan and Duke are like, What? No. She has never dueled a day in her life. Duel us. Duel me. Yeah, Tris- Tristan at first is like, no, I am Spartacus. I mean, Serenity. I mean, I will duel you. And then Duke is, no, I will duel you. And uh, finally, Nesbitt is like, fine, you know what? I'll just duel all three of you at the same time. And they're like, wait, and- no, just two of us. 
settle for two. And he goes, nope, all three of you. And then dual discs appear on their arms. Yep. And I guess they don't have any more say in the matter because they start picking cards. Yeah. And now they have to teach Serenity what a duel actually is. I Like, she doesn't even know the, like, basic card groups. No, yeah, I love Tristan's, like, quick lesson here. Because it, it boils down to, because Serenity's like, ah, oh, Tristan, what cards do I pick? And Tristan goes, I oh, just trust your gut. <laughs> you need magic, trap, and monster cards, which are the three types of cards that exist. But, you know, go with whatever looks cool. Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, fair advice for this version of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. As, we, as we've established before, nothing really matters here. As long as you believe in the heart of the cards, you will win. I would love to... Maybe this is something that we can figure out how to do. I, I want to get that um, like open source Yu-Gi-Oh game that I, t- I told you about a while ago. The, mm-hmm. the YGO Pro. Uh, I want to get that installed on my computer. Download you know, a fake version of every card that's ever existed. And just scroll through just the pictures just the pictures and just pick out all the ones that look cool and see if it's an actually viable deck because i'd be willing to bet that it is i pick hamstrat as my (laughs) deck master a fucking jumbo jet smashes through the ceiling and crushes nesbit (laughs) oh my god that's how you win that's That's how how this game works You, you choose fortress whale as your deck master and you just shoot him. He's literally so big that he just erupts through the floor and Nesbit dies. Done. Game over. I pick <laughs> Exodia the Forbidden One as my deck master. <laughs> uh, I pick okay, Exodia, so I pick left arm of the Forbidden One as my deck master. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, hey arm, what should I do? Do you think this is a good strategy? And the arm is just like thumbs up. Thumbs up, there we go. If it's a bad strategy, does it do thumbs down or does it do middle finger? I feel like it would reserve middle finger for your opponent. Ah, fair, fair, fair. Good point. And then it would do the the peace sign when you win. Yeah. And then like if you're like looking over your cards, it would be like, no, no, no. And then like motion. It's all like pantomime. Oh yeah, like and the, it does the th- it does like a like, really quick uh uh, uh, sign language alphabet spelling. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like the thing in um, Adam's family. Where yes! It's the hand. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like crawls across the floor. And it's like, you should pick this card. I kind of <laughs> want that to happen now. I'd, I'd watch that cartoon. That, that would be very entertaining. Uh, but they pick their deck masters. Nesbit obviously has Robotic Knight. Um, Duke picks Strike Ninja. Uh, Serenity picks Goddess with the Third Eye, which I yep. haven't seen before. And Tristan picks a card I don't think we've seen before. Super Robo Yaru. I don't think we have. I, like, I, I know of this card. It It's one that pops up a lot in Duel Links. But this and Strike Ninja, I think, are new to the show. I think we've seen Goddess with the Third Eye once before. Hmm. But yeah, I didn't really expect these picks for any of them yeah i was expecting tristan to go with one of his cards that we've seen before and he plays cyborg commando uh commander pardon me nope 
Cyber Commander is the card he plays. <laughs> Cyborg, Cyborg Commando. Cyborg Commando is a tabletop role-playing game from the 80s that's incredible. And if you really want to, if you're the kind of person who wants to fall asleep reading a, a role-playing game book, go look up Cyborg Commando. Gosh, I hope I still have my copy back in Portland. Um, Cyborg Commando is great because it knows how complex it is to the point where it has a set of basic rules and a set of advanced rules. And you you can play with the advanced rules if you want, but the, the game warns you they're advanced. But anyway, anyway. If you play, I, I expect him to play Cyber Commander, and we do see that show up later on in the show. But no, Super Robo Yaru, for some reason, is the card that he picks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure why. No accounting for taste. Um, so they pick their uh, their deck masters, and Nesbitt is suddenly like, All right, just to make this duel more interesting, we'll be battling above a sea of radioactive waste. Yeah. And then <laughs> the fucking the, fuck? spl- the forest splits open. Uh, it retracts into the walls like some kind of like trash compactor and like below them the whole time is a bubbling vat of like molten metal like in uh, Terminator. Yeah, I love this this progression of of stake raising here. (laughs) It's like a it's like a fucking like Bond movie, right? Where the the villain has Bond strapped to a table and there's a chainsaw spinning above his head and there's like a laser aimed at him and he goes okay Bond so you know we've been friends for or enemies for a while we've been frenemies for a while um, the stakes here are I'm gonna take over the world um, I'm gonna drill a hole in your head I'm gonna laser your balls off but just to make this interesting and then he like pulls a lever and six sharks fall from the ceiling. <laughs> it's like we're already in dire straits here this is just overkill especially because we're in a a simulation and that's not real radioactive waste right (laughs) that's the thing the stakes are actually life and death then he adds a virtual non-entity stake (laughs) this is just set dressing right dude this is just like your zoom background i'm not actually going to like radioactively like burn up i mean it is difficult you need my to, body <laughs> it is difficult to tangibly portray taking over a human's body maybe he just wanted to like you know get in the mood i guess uh anyway he says that the rules of this duel are if they disc- discuss strategy at all between themselves he'll just drop them into the goop and they will die or be digitized it doesn't seem like he should be allowed to set that rule. That feels like it's cheating. But yeah. also, at the same time, finally, one of these guys is sensible enough to be like, no, if you do anything I don't like, I'll just take your body. Like, right. why haven't you been doing that from the start? <laughs> you have them at your disposal. They're Maybe. helpless here. Maybe Nesbit is the reluctant one here. Like, maybe he doesn't want to take over a human body. You know, like... That's the vibe I'm getting from him. Because he's not playing by the other the other Big Five's rules, really, at all. Mm-mm. Like, they were all kind of like, ooh, scary, but not, not like, if you breathe the wrong way, I will kill you. Yeah, Crump had ice growing on Taya, but it's not like... Oh, if you talk to Yugi at all, our 
I will chop your arm off or something. Right. We're getting into some real Saw territory here. <laughs> Which does make it more in line with uh, the manga. It does, but yeah. It's absolutely. all digital. It's not real. Right. Who cares if somebody's body gets burned up in acid? Yeah, it's it, they're not actually going to be burned up by acid. They need that body. Either right. They, like, this is a completely empty threat and everyone knows it. Speaking of empty threats, I don't know if you can hear it. Uh, our washing machine just ended downstairs. It just it just finished its cycle. And the way that you know it. is it beeps 12 times and then it doesn't let you open it for five minutes. Why? No idea. Why would it, it let you? Again. Why would it not beep at the end of the five minutes? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> Every time it beeps, it goes and it goes beep, 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 and then it waits and it waits. Beep, beep, beep. It does that four times. Gosh, that's annoying. There's the there's the third that must one. Must be so obnoxious. Uh, and then you still can't open it for like five minutes. Don't know why. At my old house in Portland, our washing and dryers uh, would sing a little song for you when they were done. That's nice. They would That's... beep a little melody. Have you seen... Um... Oh, there's the fourth time. Uh, have you seen that video where it's the it's the two guys doing the Harry Potter theme song on a washer dryer? Yes, I think I have. It's really fun where they're, they're taking advantage of that little song and all the little noises the washer makes. Anyway, that got away from me. I'm sorry. Uh, so back to the radioactive waste. The duel begins. Serenity is worried. Tristan says to follow her heart, which is not strategy. <laughs> so it doesn't count. It's just kind of a vague aphorism. Yeah. Uh, so she follows her heart by starting the duel, by summoning... A real shitty monster. <laughs> a real shitty monster, Shadow Tamer, which is a bad card, but good art. I don't even remember what it looks like. The That's art on Shadow Tamer looks like looks like a character that you could play in that uh that Genshin Impact game that everyone's talking about. That like that free to play uh anime game. Oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. It's good, right? Like it's it's. It's, I have definitely uh, seen this person in Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's it's kind of just like anime character with blue hair showing midriff, wearing gotta have blue hair, gotta have blue hair, and wearing a, a skirt. Uh, yep. Apparently, later on in the series, uh, a Shadow Tamer comes back and has glowing red eyes. That's pretty cool. Ooh, but just like yeah, low attack score, which is why everyone's like, oh. Duke, Duke especially is like, what? In attack mode? Are you kidding me? <laughs> that monster? <laughs> but he has to shut up because they can't talk about strategy. Oh, it looks like they censored her in the American version. Oh, did they? Yeah, her boobs and her midriff are covered up. Are they n- not covered up in the... What? What do you mean? What do you mean covered up? Uh, I'll just. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah, just like in the in the original, she's wearing effectively a bikini. In Mm. the new, in in the new, in the translated version, they add uh the skirt and they add a bit more of a like a vest to the top. Yeah, yeah. Okay, nothing we're not already used to in the dub. (laughs) 
I still have my tab open of where I was trying to calculate how many rupees it would take to blow up Hyrule. Um, okay, so she plays that card. Duke freaks out. Tristan tells him to shut up. Uh, and, oh, God, where do we go from here? This is where my notes start to get messy. Uh, uh, Tristan, Tristan plays. Like, oh, go ahead. Tr- Tristan, like, freaks out a little bit that you played such a weak monster. And she's like, did I do Okay. And he's like, yeah, you did just fine. Really, oh, you're yeah. natural. He goes, yeah, really, you're a natural. Then Duke goes, yeah, natural disaster. Got him. Zinged Roasted. him. <laughs> That's uh, what Tristan... you get for not having played this card game before. Because <laughs> you were blind for years. Tristan plays Cyber Commander, the monster that I expected to be his deck master, uh, which is even weaker than shadow tamer and it's an attempt tristan says to himself it's an attempt to lure nesbit into attacking him and then duke also plays a card in defense mode the 13th grave Uh, nesbit then plays gigatech wolf which i'm pretty sure is that guy from metal gear rising revengeance fuck yeah it is robot wolf literally a (laughs) zoid (laughs) he's here to talk to you about memes Gigatech Wolf. Very specific reference for everyone who's played Gear <laughs> Rising Revengeance. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I, I only know I only know that one scene that I watched you and Garrett play where I think you fight the president. Yeah. He's like some congressman who like injects himself with nanobots, so he's all metal. As one does. That's that's I think I think that's the what we're expecting for December this year. Yeah. <laughs> um so Metal Gear Rising Revengeance attacks Serenity. Her monster dies. Uh, and it like and... it it hits Serenity so hard she goes flying backwards. Like she lands on her ass like five feet back from where she was standing. This happens a couple times where it attacks her monster and then like the force of that is enough to send her flying. Yeah. I I didn't realize. I guess this is a thing that we've covered before, but I didn't realize that this is like. Oh, you have to train to get used to the idea that cards are punching you in the stomach. Yeah. I mean, think of how powerful cards are when you just have dual discs. But here they are in the digital realm where there's like hard light holograms everywhere. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So Shadow Tamer is gone. And from, oh, from the cave... Oh, yeah. That Joey and Taya and uh, Yugi are in. Joey can hear Serenity screaming in pain uh, from the attack, and he panics and, and bolts, basically. He yep. just starts running. Straight through solid rock. Or through uh, solid holograms. Yeah, you know. Maybe they're all just like 10 feet apart from each other. That's what I have to wonder. Like, we talked about this last episode. Like, honestly, if everything gets shut off and they're all within the same, like, 20-foot square, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, and then they look over and, like, 30 feet away, Noah is there. And he's like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Pay no attention to the man behind the green curtain. And then Tristan runs over and beats him to a pulp with his sharp fists. The end. Uh, we cut back to the duel, and Nesbit sacrifices three cards to use his Deckmaster ability, which deals 500 damage to each uh, of the other duelists. Per monster. 
Uh, oh, yes. 500 damage per... Machine wait, is it 500... cards that he sacrifices. Is it 500 damage per monster is dealt to each person, or is it he can deal 500 damage per monster dealt to whoever he wants? Because I thought it was he deals 500 damage to each of them. Is it three monsters that he needs? Yeah. To, sac- to do this? Yeah, because they show up and they do like the mm. uh, like the Megazord firing their lasers sort of thing. Pew, pew, pew. Anyway. Does have a good name, Final Artillery. Yeah, that's pretty good. But anyway, he sacrifices some monsters. He deals some damage. Yeah. Serenity is in rough shape at this point, but she's got that, like, you know, that wheeler determination. She plays a card called the Forgiving Maiden and says she plays it in defense mode, but accidentally plays it in attack mode because she doesn't know that you have to play the card sideways to play it in defense mode. Fucking amateur. <laughs> Casual. So, yeah. yeah. It's not her fault. She's never played no. this game before. This is what I'm talking about. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! is basically Mao, and this is this is really proving that, of, like, she doesn't even know the actual rules, and she has to try to figure out the game. Mm-hmm. Plus all and these she, fake rules that they right, add right. on. She's doing decently. Yeah, she's summoning monsters and putting them in different modes and attacking and stuff. She knows that much. She hasn't tried to summon a trap card yet. Mm-mm. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, so she played that in attack mode. Tristan plays block attack to s- try and switch it, uh, but then Nesbit blue decks it and and cancels the spell out. Hooray! Womp womp. Uh, but then we cut away to the Kaiba Bros. Do you want to talk about what the 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 Kaibas are doing? Meanwhile, the Kaiba brothers are wandering around a desert. That's just there, as one does. Were they at a beach last time? It looked beach-like. It could have been a desert. Maybe they're, maybe the beach uh, borders the desert. That could be. Anyway, they're in a bunch of sand. Yeah. Um, and in the distance, they see the ruins of Nesbit's tech lab. Again, not in the real world. They're still in the digital world. It's right. just... Uh, we get a flashback of Nesbit being like, Hey, wh- what are you doing? And Kaiba's like, I'm shutting down your lab because it sucks and we don't make tanks anymore. And Nesbitt's like, you can't do this. And Kaiba's like, it's my lab now. And then he just fucking blows it up. <laughs> he blows it up. He doesn't repurpose it for anything. No. Yeah, he doesn't like decommission it and sell off the component pieces. No, he blows it up his own laboratory. Because which, I guess fair. But I mean, he can do what he wants. It's his company. As he keeps saying. Uh, uh, Noah, we get a shot of Noah sort of teasing that if he thought that was bad, there's something even worse in store for you next time. Mm-hmm. And Kaiba refers to it as a sweatshop and that it's useless in the new Kaiba Corp. Yeah, why does he call it a sweatshop? <laughs> does it? Did Nesbitt have, like, migrant children in there working on his tanks? Oh, God. I mean, if that's the case, like... I, If that's the case, I feel like we should have shown that in the flashback, because then, like, yeah. Seto could be kind of a, a heroic figure. Yeah, but it's just a bunch of scientists who are doing their jobs up until their whole job site gets nuked from orbit. They evacuated apparently. first, right? I hope so. 
I mean, we've already seen Kaiba deorbit a satellite into uh, freaking Pegasus's command center. That's true. So who knows? Kaiba has very little respect for property. <laughs> I'll Kaiba say that. Has for no him. respect for like property that costs millions, if not billions, of dollars, and he's just like smashing them together because he can. Kaiba, Kaiba is the kind of billionaire that the world really needs right now. Who cares more about human lives than property? <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I wish everyone was like Kaiba. No, I don't. He's mm. an asshole. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see what happens next in the duel. Duke plays Yaranzo and a face hey, down card. It's Yaranzo. Yar- isn't Yaranzo the one that's the guy coming out of the chest? Yep. Yeah. We see Yaranzo. We've That's pretty fun. Yuranzo would be an interesting like D and D monster where it looks like somebody coming out of, like a monster coming out of a chest, but then it turns out that that's not the real monster. It's the it's a mimic. Mm-hmm. It's not the like the guy. It's just like a stuffed, like a like a training dummy. Uh, Nesbit uh, sacrifices. I'm picturing Yuranzo hmm. trying to move around and just like being a jack in the box, having to like scoot and hop forward. It's just in the his... guy from uh, from Sexy Hiking. It's the guy from uh, Getting Over It, where he's stuck <laughs> in the cauldron and he has a he has a, a hammer. Oh, that guy, yeah. He has like boing, boing, boing. Uh, Nesbit plays our good friend Machine King. Hey, Machine King. Uh, Machine King, of course, is the king of machines. Gets more power from every machine on the field, which is a lot. Or I guess here it's only like a couple. Right now, yeah, it's it's one. Because uh, Nesbit had to sacrifice the Giga Wolf to summon Machine King, so it's just Machine King. I think that's the machine monster on the field. One point two one Giga Wolves. <laughs> uh, machine King attacks for giving Maiden, uh, and its attack is actually it's it's the fun attack that I like, where it shoots its fist out. Yeah, it's a fist rocket. I always enjoy I feel that. Like we, I feel like we've seen that in. Um... Megas XLR. Did you ever watch Megas XLR? Oh, absolutely. That was in Megas XLR. Yeah. <laughs> Megas XLR, My Life as a Teenage Robot. They've all done it. Yeah. Fist rockets are fun. It's like a punch, but you want it to go very fast. Right. And from a distance. Yeah. What if I, what if I could punch that guy way over there? <laughs> what about that, huh? He's got a face that looks punch worthy. Uh, Tristan somehow i guess decides that cyber commander is gonna block the attack not sure how not really sure how that works it kind of seems like they can opt to take an attack from an like instead of another card like throwing yourself on a grenade yeah so mr president get down (laughs) so cyber commander jumps in the way of the punch tristan ends up getting like hit in the gut by the the robot fist Oh, yeah, the fist, like, switches course midair and just <laughs> gut punches Tristan. Which is, again, a thing that I like to see and enjoy watching. <laughs> now, that's what I call taking direct life point damage. Yeah. Uh, Nesbit plays... I didn't I didn't hear the name of this card super well. It was Is it Card of Sanctity? I don't remember. Something of Sanctity... And it, basically what it does is it have has everyone draw up to uh, six cards. So until they have six cards in their hand. And that gives him enough cards to then sacrifice another three monsters 
to activate his deck master ability again to deal another 500 damage to each of them. And then he says, <laughs> again, his his machine shtick, right? He says, soon you'll all be obsolete. <laughs> Which he means dead, right? Yeah. Not just old. <laughs> soon you'll all be aged. Soon you'll all be last year's model. If they're obsolete, why would he want to download his mind? You know what? I'm not even going to... Yeah, you know, I'll it's, it it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Uh, Serenity plays Lady Panther in defense mode. Switches for giving maiden in defense mode. Tristan summons Command Angel in defense mode. Duke summons Dark Assailant in defense mode. So they have just a whole defense mode brigade. I just wrote the gang summons a bunch of monsters in defense mode. <laughs> Gang's all here. Uh, in repl- so ideally this will protect them from final artillery. In reply, Nesbitt plays backup soldier, bring three monsters from his graveyard to his hand so he can artillery them again. Then he plays Clockwork Knight. What you are about to experience will blow your circuits. God. <laughs> uh, so he plays Clockwork night like the time of day not like a night in shining armor uh but it, mm-hmm. clockwork night turns everyone's creatures into machines and they lose 500 attack points because of that machine king is up to three thirty four hundred attack points because it gets its power from all the machine cards on the field yep then he plays short circuit making all their monsters switch to attack mode because they because unlike people, machines obey orders. Yeah, he does kind of keep harping on that. Yeah. I, Not great. Still, it's baffling why he would want to be a person again. Uh, so Tristan, let's see. There's a bunch of stuff that happens next. So they're all, the, 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 thing, the main thing there is that they're all in attack mode now instead of defense mode. So if he yeah. attacks a monster... The duelist will take damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, Nesbit has. I think this is where you're going with this. Machine yes. King attack forgiving maiden, which is Serenity's monster. Uh, so that that hit because Machine King is so strong and for uh, forgiving maiden is so weak. We know is going to knock Serenity out if it hits. So Tristan uses straight down into the radioactive waste. <laughs> right. So Tristan has his deck master get on the field and intercept the attack. Uh, of course, because your de- if your deck master dies, you lose the game. Right. And so Super Robo Yaru uh, intercepts the attack, dies, and Tristan is defeated. You know, I just I just realized it's not bad enough that if you die in the game, you die in real life. In this game, if the game dies in the game, you die in the game and die in real life. Yeah. Well, you don't die in real life. Your brain is trapped in the game. For yeah, okay, fair, fair. But wait, wait okay, so where do we go? I'm sorry, I, I cut you off. Where are we going from here? Uh, Tristan has lost, and so because of that, uh, a hatch opens underneath him, and he plunges headfirst into the radioactive waste, ah, ah. and vanishes from view. But don't worry, he'll be back in the next issue of Batman as the Joker. 
Literally, though, Nesbitt says, oh, there's not, not actually any radioactive waste. He's fine. His mind has been digitized and his body is in a holding area. He's still very much alive. He's just not here right now. Yeah, which, like, I have a lot of questions about that, but... What was the point of your radioactive waste there, buddy? Set dressing, again, just setting the mood. It's like, uh, it's like telling your Alexa to put on some, uh, some Barry White and, you know, dimming the lights by 50%. Just all about setting that mood. Alexa, open the chasm to my pit of radioactive waste. (laughs) Ladies love my pet of waste. <laughs> uh, and that's and the that's end of the episode. the episode. Jinx. Cool. <laughs> that's it. That's we it. We see Tristan die. That's his... What, what was the translated title? That was his path of glory. That was his yep. honorable defeat, was falling into some radioactive waste. <laughs> and that's a, that's a series wrap on Tristan. Bye, Tristan. It's been good knowing you. You it- never see him again. Uh, Jimmy, what was the best part of this episode for you? You know, it was really good. It's it was really good. It's been a long time since I've been watching a cartoon with some good old radioactive waste. That's such a like a Saturday morning cartoon staple. It really is. It really is. Put to threaten our our heroes that in quicksand. Good times, Batman. You, <laughs> me, vat of acid. <laughs> a big old pit uh, full of radioactive waste for our heroes to fall in that's it's it's just like molten goop and it's also radioactive so not only are you like getting horribly mutated you are also on fire yeah yeah (laughs) it's kind of wholesome actually yeah it's, it's just such a ridiculous cartoon concept that it it felt refreshing it took me back to my childhood to see (laughs) <laughs> a giant pit of radioactive waste in a cartoon. <laughs> what was uh, your best? I, okay, so, like, we kind of blazed through this episode. Like, there wasn't a whole lot to say about the episode itself because so much of it is just the duel, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, eh, that that's kind of hit or miss for me. But the thing that I really did like about this episode is that it's, proving that if somebody really does want to win a duel all the tools are available to them like yeah they have total control over the space-time continuum in here yeah i gave you all the cool the the clues policeman like you can you can solve this mystery it's just a matter of like asserting yourself and i think that that's something nesbitt's doing really well Mm mm-hmm I know that because Nesbitt is not the main character of the show, he's gonna have to fuck up at some point in the next episode, but like, so far so good, you know? This is a, if he's got a duel, this is the way to do it. All the other big five have basically been using the honor system, and Nesbitt's over here like, vat of acid. Yeah, (laughs) vat of acid, no talking. No talking. (laughs) No sharing notes. Dueling three of you at once, I can do anything here, and you have to agree to it. I can do damage to all of you every turn. I mean, if I lose, I will still be trapped here for eternity, but I will stack everything in my favor to win. And there's a part Why of am I that... going along with this duel? Yeah, there's a part of him that wants to be trapped there forever, right? Like, he keeps going on about how much better machines are, and he is a machine right now. Do we want to talk about our worst? Because I think both of our worst is the same thing. Yeah, what's, what's your worst? 
of all the terrible motivations of the Big Five, Nesbitt's the most baffling because he wants to show how machines triumph over humanity by turning into a human again. Yeah. Why? Yeah. That's, why are that's, you here, dude? That's my why worst as well. This? I'm trying to. I think. I. I a part he has of it is one like, th- like throwaway line about how he wants to get back to the real world so he can continue his work, but like yeah. you, in this digital realm, you have infinite resources at your disposal to figure out how stuff works and how you can make things better. It's all a simulation. Yeah. It. Th- I have a couple. Of, a couple of thoughts that like might be too real. I don't know. One of it is like you. You always hear that villain story of like, oh, he's not actually a villain. He just fell in with the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. This case, Nesbit is a villain, but I think he fell in with the wrong crowd of other villains. <laughs> yeah, like, this guy is actually happened. Out- this guy's greatest joy in life is doing war crimes, and he just happens right. to get involved with all these other guys who want to play this card game for children bodies. Yeah, and so he's now like stuck with the rest of the big five, and he's like, oh, all right, fine, we'll play a right. card game, I guess. All right. <laughs> like, that. that's that's part of it. The other part of it, for me, I think, is like... Uh, what was uh was it the good place that talked about like you know living the afterlife gets super boring because it just never ends and after a while you've done everything that you've ever wanted to do and like everything kind of just looks the same now mm-hmm. like i wonder if the digital world is like that for nesbit like doing war crimes doesn't feel as good if it's on fake people i guess <laughs> he wept because like, he had no more worlds to conquer yeah, yeah, literally in this case, right? Like he could simulate any any invention that he would want to make, any any tank that he could build. Mm-hmm. Like if that's the work he want to continue, he wants to continue. He's probably done it already. So like maybe that's why he wants to take over a teenage girl's body is to keep doing real crime. Who knows? In the- in the meat space the show certainly isn't going to tell us he's going to be out of here in like an episode or two and we'll never think about him again i don't think the show knows is the thing like i'm sure even in the japanese version like his motivations are just i'm evil fuck you i'm the evil i'm evil and i'm the computery one we've got the penguin guy (laughs) we've seen the lawyer guy i'm the computer guy that's my shtick you know (laughs) The five kinds of people. Uh, You've got business, lawyer, penguin, tech nerd, Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Is that what the next guy is? The next guy's name is Lecter. I have to assume he eats people. Uh, I know that's not the case for everyone whose last name is Lecter. There are good people with the last name Lecter. However, this is Yu-Gi-Oh! Lecter will not be one of those good people. (laughs) Yeah, that, that's my worst. Yeah, no, absolutely same. Exact same worst. I, I don't know. His whole deal is just absolutely baffling. His whole deal, I think, was to, for the artist to have an excuse to draw that fucking robot. <laughs> Do you know what draw it looks like? robots and, like, shiny things. Yeah, it looks like 
the the Wild Wild West sequel. Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West. Like you know how in Wild Wild West they build that giant spider or whatever the hell. Of course. Like I forget if they actually made a sequel or not, but like the logical extension there no, is they, they make not. they make a mech that they're piloting and it's wearing a fucking cowboy hat and has a giant six shooter. Like mm-hmm. it's just that, but it's three musketeers. Basically, what was that? There was that other Oh, it was the the dragon that was just a big gun. Oh, barrel dragon. Barrel dragon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This That's is it. kind of the, the equivalent. The animators were like, please, we're so tired of drawing people and monsters. Just give us some, like, robots that have nice straight lines. <laughs> yeah, right? And I can't blame them. No. But I think I think literally, literally Nesbitt is just like, all right, we got to make a couple more episodes. Let's just... Let's just get this one out of the way. We'll move on. Yeah. Speaking of getting things out of the way and moving on, should we move on to the next part of the show? Yes, let's. All right. I, I was just in another tab here Googling images of gun robots because there was a piece of art I saw a while ago where it was some cowboy with a mech, and the mech was just a giant revolver with legs, and it was very fun. <laughs> I'm into that is the thing. Like, very, very simple. Very I'll send it to you if I see it again. All right. Uh, at this point in the show, I'm going to invite my partner, Lauren, to join us in the studio for a little game. While she gets settled, uh, the architect, Mayor Simi Simmer Simmer Simi City, has written to us yet again. Simmer 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 Simmer. Uh, first, with an apology to the esteemed Lord High Commissioner for uh, oh, ho, ho. Dis- disparaging. Bes- besmirching her <laughs> reputation. <laughs> Um, I, I can, I can read the, the whole email here, but it, it is, well, well, it is well. a little long. There's some stuff that's just for Jimmy and myself. So Simi is sorry. Uh, uh, it, it was, uh, a, a misplaced, uh, poor, poorly expressed commiseration with Tyler for doing an excellent job. I mean, I, I didn't, I never said that Tyler didn't do an excellent job. I just liked Jimmy's better. Oh, for sure. No. And that's, and that's what As Simi's is saying right is basically. Proper. <laughs> Basically, please, Lord High Commissioner, continue doing your most excellent work, uh, and you, you can uh, make Thank whatever you, the hell decision you want. Uh, Simi also Thank has you, most honorable architect. I don't know. Honorific. <laughs> S- uh, S- Simi also has uh, some notes on on our performance, which I'll, I'll send to you both. Uh, but they all- <laughs> so Simi also talks about uh, first how excited he is for uh, us to get into the next part of the show. Uh, Simi says, the next I'm not watching the next along. Part of this season. Uh, the next part of this season. Okay, good. Uh, Simi says, I'm not watching along, but I vibrantly remember this stuff. And we hit peak Yu Gi Oh crazy next. Like, oh, I've deleted so many sentences from this email because I don't want to color your opinions of it too much. But I will say this the chickens come home to roost. <laughs> I don't know don't what know he what could possibly means. be talking about, but I'm excited. I'm, I'm scared. Uh, Simi also then wrote a separate email, uh, titled you joked, but I thought <laughs> and it's, it's really in relation to last episode where we said that Simi should do a separate follow-up show, just doing the review of our section <laughs> of, of, of <laughs> I can't stop laughing thinking about this. Um, and Simi says, I think I have come up with an idea to do a review of Yu-Gi-Oh or not with a twist 
So I, I had the idea to do tarot readings. So Simi is going to do a podcast where uh, uh, I think it's Simi and his brother, if I'm remembering that correct. Simi, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, doing a tarot readings with cards from like Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff. Um, and uh, uh, there are many three-card tarot readings. So all we need then is one extra card uh, in, in the mix. And... The idea is to break down your current format into four distinct segments. Number one, selection and challenge. Two, advocation. Three, rebuttal. Four, outcomes. So doing a tarot reading in the the format of Yu-Gi-Oh! or not. Uh, then, during each of these, Simi says, I would add in a third card and basically pretend like I was there the entire time and give commentary, sort of like I do on my emails, but maybe with a twist. And then a fifth segment called Reading, where I read the cards chosen in a tarot-like way. How many nested podcasts deep can we get? Right? <laughs> it's podcasts all the way down. Uh, Simi, Simi ends the, episode, the email Podcast by saying... Doll. <laughs> Pod, pod, podcast doll. Podcast day? Oh, you're going like Russian doll. Yeah. I was thinking Russian doll, the show. A Russian podcast like doll. Russian doll. <laughs> yeah. That's where my head's at right now. You open it up uh, and inside is a tiny microphone. So he ends the email by saying, I've played around with similar ideas of reviewing other podcasts and I thought I'd call it Second Chance Theater. I like that. Yeah. Uh, and I could run with that calling this version review or not <laughs> uh that's pretty good uh i'd appreciate your thoughts on this if you have a free moment also free feel free to tell me to screw uh, if you're making a joke and i took it too seriously my brain sort of ran away with itself there your friend simmy simmy we were joking was it but <laughs> but also reading in the style of Yu-Gi-Oh or not Series one or series two, like we're doing now. So it'd be in the style of series two. This it, style, yeah. So, so the idea, the original idea that Simi had was making yeah. a podcast uh-huh. about tarot readings yeah. from Magic and Yu-Gi-Oh cards, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Which is very good. Very good. And the addendum to that is in our game that we play, Jimmy and I pick two Yu-Gi-Oh cards. So Simi could review our performance and then add a third card as if Simi was another participant and you activated my podcast season three, you're not season two under the task dungeon. I see. And do sort of sort of the Simi version. I see. And then you would have three cards to do a tarot reading from the cards. Simi, I think the thing that we're getting at here is we were totally joking because this sounds like a bonkers idea, but I also think that means that you should try it because this <laughs> sounds like a really bonkers idea that could be really entertaining. And from the email that we heard from listener Dab earlier in the show, obviously there is a desire out there for more Yu-Gi-Oh related content in the world. So literally any crazy idea, fucking go for it, you know, just life. Uh, but anyway, thank you, Simi, for writing in. This week, as every week, we invite the High Commissioner Lauren into the studio to Hi. join us. Hi, High Commissioner. Commissioner Lauren. Hi. Hello. To join us for a little game that we like to call You Activated My Podcast Season 3, Yu-Gi-Oh! 
not season two colon enter the task dungeon i love how much you love saying that it's one of the few joys i get these days (laughs) no you're one of the other ones don't be (laughs) don't be too sad uh hi commissioner lauren how how are you i'm okay yeah yeah i'm all right Mm -hmm. i hope this i hope this podcast finds you well yeah it's all right uh are you excited for the game i are you how are you I'm, feeling about about how are you feeling about the game as a whole oh as a whole or today but uh, one wow. then the other we're getting very deep as a whole i think it's good i think it's fun it requires less work and less uh value related stress for me personally sure sure, than sure last yeah. season I think giving you the title High Commissioner is really helpful. A lot yes. of things you can kind of just make a decision. It's really and it's stoked official. my ego. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. And also played into the villain of the show, um, which we uh, characterization, which we haven't talked about. We in a really while. haven't been back to that for um, a bit. Lauren, for folks who are joining us just like this season, Lauren really started the show as the villain. I'm the villain of, of not of Yu-Gi-Oh, of this podcast. Lauren was the Q of You Activated yes. My Podcast. Yes. That I the, can see. Um, the, uh, um, the Star Trek Q, not the James Bond Q. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you Thank don't make you. C- cool gadgets for us. You pop in surprisingly... And I could judge us cool for our gadgets. many crimes. I could make cool gadgets. That'd be fun. The Mycroft, if you will. Ah, there yes. we go. There it is. All right, let's get into it. Uh, for listeners who are new to the show, every week, Jimmy and I have a team of monsters uh, that you can see in a, in a link in the show notes. And we pick one monster from each of our teams and pit them against each other in a task that the High Commissioner Lauren gives us. Uh, Jimmy, this week, I believe, is your week to pick your monster first. I can see you have selected something in the Google Sheet. Oh, I was just clicking around. But yes. Oh, okay. Uh, I was very excited there. We are recording this on the 8th of October, and given the recent week in U.S. politics that feels like it's been another year, I'm going to go with someone who has been quite the... the, uh, Headline getter. I'm gonna go with giant germ this week. Oh, I was I was oh like, God. is there is there a fly on your team? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's big racist asshole. Why did you pick that guy? <laughs> oh yeah, I thought it was where they were even know you put oh. that kind of words on a weird. Card. Uh, okay, giant germ. I like giant germ. It's a giant uh, germ. Uh, it's giant hard germ. to tell just how giant it is, but I think those are like cliffs it's next to. Yeah, it looks fucking huge. Yeah, I think that's a mountain next to it. Like skyscraper sized in radius. All wow. right. It's a big well, germ. Well, the good news about that is that it it can't get into the human body to infect you. It can't. We There's get no into its body. Whoa. We're oh. the virus. Whoa. Nature is healing. Nature is healing. We're the virus. Uh, all right, I'm the cool. So, of the cell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that in mind, then I will pick my boy, Twin-Headed Behemoth. Oh boy, Twin-Headed Behemoth is known for its twin heads and being large. <laughs> oh that God, I just looked at it. No, I forgot about this guy. 
Yeah, twin-headed behemoth has uh, instead of hands, heads, and instead of a head, a spike. <laughs> I think we mentioned this before when we were picking our monsters, but this is definitely something I've made in Spore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is like uh, this is like if HR Giger did uh, like LSD. <laughs> I noticed that uh, its skin is a beautiful Photoshop texture. It is. It is. <laughs> I so is, on it. so is the background. It's it's that cloud filter that everyone likes. It's it's black and orange, very spooky. They really you went know, all out on the Photoshop effects on these early clouds. These they early really uh, did. these early cards, huh? We we see this as a formula, sort of over and over again, don't we? It, it's a monster against this like really dated Photoshop cloud airbrushed background completely filling the frame the monster is roughly square as is the card art uh perfect liberal use of photo art photoshop textures like it's very formulaic it is yeah i mean when you're making thousands of cards in a short deadline (laughs) you're gonna have a a pattern lens flare plastic wrap I do wonder. Emboss, extrude. <laughs> I do wonder. You know, you've you've seen these um these uh like AI like machine learning things that make fake people faces. Oh yeah. Uh, like totally what is it? Real Th- looking. This is not a person. dot com or whatever. Totally real looking people for the most part, but then like in the background there'll be some horrible misshapen blob. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if you fed one of those programs like a thousand Yu-Gi-Oh cards and just said, make more of this. I what? I wonder if we could do that. Is that a thing that's available to the the common man? Um, it's not available to the common man. It's available to someone who knows GitHub and can like parse code. (laughs) Okay. But there's definitely like AI powered machine learning things that you can download. All right. Well, that might be a. Let's, uh, we'll put that on the extremely long list of things to explore this year. <laughs> uh, okay, our cards have been selected. Hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, what is the task that you have set for us this eve? Okay, I, I've decided. I would like you to. Start and run a successful dog-related business. Oh. And I want to hear what type of business this is. Um, a, a basic business plan and how you, how you run day-to-day things. Right, so like a dog grooming salon or a dog walking business or something like that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Oh, it does. Yeah. Oh, and mm-hmm. a name is as bonus points. Huh. Is this a bad one? No. Wait, I can do a different one. I like it. Do we not like this? No, I like it. Okay. We don't have to like it. I can do a different one. Jimmy, how are you feeling? Your fa- your facial expression is uh Im- imparsable. I have my plan. Okay. Oh, oh Jesus. Who went first? You uh, think we'd so remember this? Jimmy picked first. first. So that Tell means that I first. go first. Okay. 
I think, and I, part of this is going to be a little off the cuff. So, so twin-headed behemoth, I think, would start a line of doggy accessories and clothing. Oh. Because the thing about twin-headed behemoth, other than having twin heads, mm-hmm. is there's a lot of spikes. Now, are they heads? They're kind of arms heads. also. Well, they're they heads. They kind of look like arms to me. Well, so the, so the, the heads are, are at the ends of the arms. So picture picture a beefy boy with just two long necks. I learn <laughs> that end in that end in heads. Lauren just had to lean in real close to the computer to get a better look at Twin Head Behemoth. But I felt like they're I coming had to from back. yeah, <laughs> they're coming from the shoulders though. Yeah. the necks, and then there's like a spike where a, a head would be for a single-headed creature. Yeah. Okay. What's not to get? Well. What part of this is confusing? No, it's fine. Continue. <laughs> so Twin-Headed Behemoth, I think, the thing is, is Twin-Headed Behemoth is a punk fashion icon. You've got the right colors. Mm-hmm, you've got mm-hmm. the spikes. You've got the the creep factor. You've got the twin heads. You've got the cloud background. Twin-Headed Behemoth is an Instagram influencer who branches out and begins making doggy clothing and accessories that are in sort of the the style uh, uh, zone, the same the same motifs that you're used to seeing from Twin-Headed Behemoth. And it's called Twin-Headed Bow-Wow-Muth. Wow. And it is, it is a line of purple and yellow uh, jackets, collars, leashes, etc. that have spikes and... Every time you buy a spiked collar from Twin Headed Bowwowmouth, you get a second one free. <laughs> and I think they just they just franchise out, you know, to to pets at home, pet smart, pets for less, uh, and and you see it uh, suddenly in every store uh, across America. There's just a little little Twin Headed Bowwowmouth and uh, uh, end cap, and you know you you go up and you you got your your two dogs you just got from the shelter and hey it's a buy one get one free spiked collar they're looking fashionable they're looking fresh uh you got you got one with like a little bit of red on it one with a little bit of blue on it to match the twin headed behemoth you said they were all purple and yellow well they're all purple and yellow but you get accents oh i see i see one of them has like red eyes and the other one has blue eyes yeah yeah and you get it for you know your twin dogs that you just got from the rescue to, to help tell them apart okay yeah so that's that's uh Twin-headed Bowalmouth. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Welcome to No Bones About It Instant Dog Grooming. <laughs> I, the one employee mm. is Giant oh. Germ. What? <laughs> <laughs> huh? You are in and out in five minutes tops, and that's just Ooh. mostly paying. We've all been in biology class. We've all seen how cells engulf other cells. Well, this is a giant cell. And so what better way to clean your dog than just like five seconds of this giant germ engulfing your, your dog, sucking off all the, the, the dirt and the hair, instantly cleaning it and grooming it with its little organelles and cilia, and then spitting your dog right back out. One and done. Un- unharmed, right? I have completely, to ask. Completely unharmed. Okay. It's not. This isn't a service where you feed your dog to a giant germ. 
You're just letting it get engulfed for a couple seconds at most. Your dog is fine. It has an air pocket. (laughs) So yeah, this service, uh, you pay a little bit of a premium for the time, uh, but there's no way to clean your dog faster. If you've got company coming over and your dog just rolled in something absolutely disgusting, take it to no bones about it because this giant germ has no bones. It is a one giant cell. <laughs> it will engulf your dog, uh, completely clean it, get all the dirt off, get all the muck off. Um, your dog will be left looking absolutely glorious uh, and you're out of there. All you have to do is just one tap on your phone. They, they take contactless payments because they're very... They're <laughs> a giant germ knows about cleanliness. Especially in these trying times. <laughs> so you don't even have to, to interact with the giant germ at all. Except to... You just have to look at it. Except to look at it. And it is... Engulf your dog. And let, let it engulf <laughs> your dog. Because it is as big as a building. That is, no bones about it, instant dog grooming service. Available in select locations. That are all near each other because... I'd say they're all within like a couple blocks radius and the rest of the blocks is the rest of the giant germ. (laughs) Tyler, your rebuttal? (laughs) You don't have to worry about your dog being in the right hands because giant germ doesn't have any. (laughs) That's... I mean, that's a tough sell, my guy. Like... Especially in the year of our Lord 2020, setting up shop as a giant germ and saying, yes, trust me, a giant germ to engulf your dog. (laughs) What's it going to do? Infect you? How are you going to breathe this guy? He's bigger than you are. He's bigger than your house. But also that means that you don't understand it. And if there's one thing that Americans don't like, it's things that they don't understand. (laughs) Tyler, what what could possibly be more American than a single entrepreneur living the American dream, setting up a small business in this year of our Lord 2020. Well, a giant business. I mean, okay, that's the thing is. That's (laughs) That's not true. The business is small. The germ is giant. (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's the thing that both of our monsters have going for them, right? Both of our monsters are entrepreneurial uh, entrepreneurial spirits, right? Mm -hmm. The, The thing about my monster is that it is not trying to engulf your dog. <laughs> like, I'm just picturing trying to make that first sale, right? Of like, okay, now just put your dog in me. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Trust me. Just just put your dog in me. What, you're scared of just germs? Put, I've seen what just, Pepper gets into. I've had to clean him off no. after he's rolled in some shit. It do you is, know how many germs are on that, that sweet boy right now? It has nothing to do with germs. It has Come nothing on. to do with germs. It's looking at a giant orb and it's saying, feed me your dog. <laughs> no, I promise There's I'm no cleaning it. There's no feeding going on except on the dirt that your dog brings in. <laughs> like, it is. How it are is you e- going to get that is, first dog it, to it prove it? It is eco-friendly. <laughs> It is biologically neutral. <laughs> you're gonna no have to find a dog that no one cares about <laughs> to prove that you're on the on the up and up. You're gonna have to get some cast off dog. Oh, that's okay. the difference between like, us, Tyler. Because Giant Germ <laughs> cares about every dog, and that's why it started this business to make sure every fine. dog has its day. 
And that's that's all well and good. And I believe you on that. But I'm just saying, think about the optics of this thing. You're rolling in like a fucking Independence Day looking motherfucker <laughs> saying, give me your dog. Like it's Mars attacks. Yeah, this is the nuclear option when no other grooming service will do it. Giant germ is there for you. Take your dog to the giant ex- germ Tyler. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. No, is no your... bones about it. Instant dog <laughs> grooming service. Is your ideal customer a dog that is so dirty that the other dog groomers turned it away? Yes. Are you servicing Clifford the big red dog? <laughs> Who else would? He could. It would need a team of experts and 12 hours to clean Clifford the big red dog. Not giant the customers germ. are coming up to you wearing hazmat suits, not because you're a giant germ, but because their no. dog is so rank. <laughs> Listen, there are times I've wanted to do that around Pepper. <laughs> that one yeah. time I took him to the park and he found whatever the hell he rolled in and he stank up the entire apartment when I was dog sitting him. Yeah, I had to live with that. If, I, if there was a that. giant germ around the corner, I would not. That's the thing. You're talking about our dog who we put literally in the kitchen sink to bathe him. You don't need a giant germ for that. (laughs) I don't need to pay money for this this service where I feed my dog, my precious son, to a giant germ and expect to receive a clean child in return. So you're a little cool on the concept, and I'm okay with that. But... Next next time someone has a hardworking sheepdog, absolutely rank, but out in the fields for weeks at a time herding sheep, they're like, who's going to clean my dog's matted fur? Giant germ is, and he's going to do it in, like, five seconds. Maybe we should just go into partnership, because I think it would be really cool if everyone came out all spick and spam wearing twin-headed wait, by wow wait wait clothing what did you just say we should just spick and what spick and span is what i meant okay. to say <laughs> i think i think i said spick and spam you definitely did because i'm a little hungry <laughs> um so you're, you're but, suggesting uh, setting up my, a german behemoth llc right right <laughs> just, <laughs> just have a booth at all your shops TM, uh, TM, TM. uh the the thing about Twin-Headed Behemoth, though, is nobody has problems with dogs wearing cl- cute clothing. There are no complaints that could possibly be said about dogs wearing cute clothing. And the Twin-Headed Bow Wow Mouth fall line will it. knock your socks off. Socks for dogs. People get angry about dogs wearing clothes sometimes. Who? My dog got angry about wearing clothes. <laughs> oh, okay, with that's fair. Ollie in the snow one time when he started kicking off his little booties and then his feet oh. got cold. It's yeah. like, dude, we put those little booties on your feet specifically <laughs> so you would not get cold. This is all on you, buddy. Twin-headed by Wowmouth will make shoes for dogs that are so goddamn cool that your dog will want to wear them. That's up for your dog to decide. Where is our dog? I love that video you oh. sent of Pepper earlier where he's just on his back underneath that blanket. What he's a doing a similar thing right now behind us. He's he's upside down in his bed, just all four feet splayed in the air. Just not a care in the world. As is right and proper. He won't have a care in the world getting clean when he goes to no bones about it in <laughs> the dog grooming service. All right. All right. All right. Hi, Hi Commissioner, Commissioner Lauren. Lauren. <laughs> Make <Hi>. your pick. <laughs> Put me out of my misery. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I thought 
that I was going to go with Tyler's in the very beginning because I do love dog clothing and I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to admit it. People get real weird about it. But you know what? If your dog doesn't mind, like don't do it, obviously, if your dog hates it. But if your dog doesn't mind or if he likes it, who cares? Put a coat on your dog if you want to. Put a sweater on him. Who cares? Um, but I have to go with Giant Germ. I'm sorry. Yes. I get it. I get it. Victory for Giant Germ. It was, it, <sighs> you know, it's, it was also, it was another one of those that I was just like, how is this going to work? Like, what is he going to come up with? Your dog is the powerhouse of this cell. <laughs> Just and it was just so off the wall. There is no situation in which your dog will be used for energy by giant germ. <laughs> Please sign this waiver. Um. <laughs> giant germ is here to provide goods and services. Not to eat your dog. Not to we eat your dog. cannot stress that enough. Oh yeah, you have to sign like a like a big uh, like a, a safety waiver. Yeah. Our guarantee is to not eat your dog, but just in case. Do you have to do that when you go to regular dog groomers? Hey, we promise not to eat your dog. I don't <laughs> see why that would factor in with giant germ. Fair. <laughs> but I don't I don't feed never mind. It's <laughs> we've, we've, I already we've been through it. Tyler. <laughs> we have to move on, Tyler. <laughs> All right. Congratulations, Jimmy. You earned it. You earned it. Uh, that brings us to the end of the show. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can use the form on our website, heartofthe.cards. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. Uh, in the show notes uh, for this this episode, one, I'll put the, the link. I'm just saying this again to remind myself as I edit this episode to put the link to the You Activated My Podcast role-playing game, Heart of the Cards, in the show notes if you want to check out my notes on that uh and there's a link to blacklivesmatters.card.co you can go donate especially right now actually in the states so we're recording this uh october 8th like you said jimmy uh there are a bunch of places you can donate to specifically to help voters uh so if you want to uh one of the things i saw i forget if it was linked here or not but one of the things i saw was you can order pizza to be delivered to certain polling places. Aww. So especially especially now, like it's it's kind of bonkers that there are still places in the states that aren't allowing mail in voting. Uh, or I think yeah. this is Ohio or Oklahoma, one of the O states, ha- like is allowing drop off ballots. But there's one drop off location for like oh Texas. seven counties. Is that Texas? It's Texas, yeah. And there's like only one polling location for like several million people, Mm -hmm. which is just bonkers. Uh, So if you want to help support uh, people who are voting this year, go and and look at resources for that. Uh, And the the deadline, if it hasn't passed already, is fast approaching. Make sure you're registered to vote. Go vote for Joe Biden. Um, Yeah, we're not going to pull any punches here. Vote for Joe Biden because I want to wake up in a world where I don't have to check the news instantly. To see right. what new yeah. horrors have ha- occurred overnight. Exactly. Uh, it's it's. I know it's tempting to vote for an independent or do a write-in vote. 
it's incredible how many people voted for Harambe last time. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's not funny. Because it's because it's a waste of a vote is the yeah. thing. Like let's let's yeah, okay, the world if isn't going to be vote ideal. Didn't change anything. Why are they making it so goddamn hard? Exactly. Uh no voting for Joe Biden isn't going to make everything suddenly perfect, but no. it's going to be yes, a hell of a lot he's easier. He's kind of a forward. shit bag too. Sure. But he's a politician. Yeah. But it's going to make things a lot easier moving forward to make the changes that we actually care about. So please go vote for Joe Biden. Um, Next week, we're going to be doing part two of this episode. Uh, That will be a two-parter or a three-parter? This is a two-parter. Okay. Right? I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. (laughs) Jimmy. Jimmy, how could you do this to me? I can't believe you've done this. Um, Let me look. I believe it's a two-parter. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It is a two-parter. Yes, so we're going to be doing part two. Um, Is there anything else? I feel like I'm... I always feel like I'm forgetting something when we get to this part of the show. No. Yeah. Maybe the thing that I'm forgetting is I'm actually remembering to feel like I forgot something. (laughs) That's why you feel like that every time. Yeah, it's part of my routine now. Uh, All right. Well, uh, we'll be doing part two next week. And until next time, just to make this duel more interesting, we'll be battling above a sea of radioactive waste.